good morning on this Thursday in the 33rd week of Ordinary Time in the very ancient and beautiful practice of Lexio Divina, divine reading. We, we know in that, that art, it's a matter of reading through passages of scripture or some other great work that inspires us and reflecting on it. And as, as we do, to, do so today, uh, opening the book of Revelation, that we know in reading Revelation, we have a lot of work to do. That is a beautiful book, very complex in its, in its writing and its content from John. John is writing this to us in the later part, later years of his life. He's writing this to us from the island of Patmos where he'd taken up residence. And the book of Revelation is a beautiful book. It's very complex and it uses a lot of symbolism and imagery. It's so rich in imagery and describing these visions that he has. And today we have imagery which we reflect right here at St. Thomas in our church, in our vestments, the seven seals and the lamb. That's also the relief on the, on the face of our uh, high altar back here. This symbolism actually coming from today's scripture, so beautiful in its capture of that depiction of this Lamb of God in this encounter in heaven where John says, I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who sat on the throne. It had writing on both sides, but only one was able to open that scroll and it was the Lamb who had been slain. And one of the elders said to John, do not weep, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed enabling him to open the scroll with its seven seals. And that lamb that's described has seven horns, as John writes, seven horns and seven eyes, seven the number of perfection, horn being symbol of power, eye of seeing. So perfect power and perfect knowledge. That's what the lamb has, perfect power and perfect knowledge. Today we have a reading as well from Luke. We've been studying Luke all week. Here we're in the 19th chapter, we're towards the end, but let's back up a minute. Uh, in this 19th chapter, we have this telling from Luke of our Savior's arrival in Jerusalem. So it's upon his arrival that our Lord gives his statement, his testimony today. But if we back up to the 28th verse, we're reading in today's pericope from the 41st verse. But if we back up to the 28th verse of this chapter, 19th chapter, Luke tells us this. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. As he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, these are on the east side, if you will, of Jerusalem on Mount Olive. So Bethpage and Bethany are to the east of the metropolis of Jerusalem in the hill country known immediacy of Mount Olives. As he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany on the place called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples forward and he said, go into the village opposite you and as you enter into it, you will find a colt tethered on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? You will answer, the master has need of it. So that's what happens. The master has need of it. Now, the, the connection between this reading from Luke's gospel and that we just referenced in Revelation is the Lion of Judah is Christ the Messiah, Lion of Judah of David. Remember that we heard, the Lion of Judah of David. Do not weep, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, David the king. Well, a king typically would enter upon the uh, temple mount or emperor enter upon his palace, usually born on a horse, but in the prophecy of our Christ, he would come on a colt, subdued, right? He would not come in uh, shining armor and, and an army behind him. He would come on a humble colt, peaceful. 
And that is what our Lord says. You will find a colt, untie it and bring it to me. The master have need of it. That happens, uh, apparently, as they were untying the colt, the owner of the colt said, why are you untying this colt? And they said, the master has need of it, as our Lord had instructed him. And it is upon this colt that he enters, and then this is our Palm Sunday. So they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks over it, and helped Jesus to mount. As he rode along, the people were spreading their cloaks on the road as he came into Jerusalem. So Luke 19, chapter 19, gives us this Palm Sunday celebration where our, our, our Savior is arriving into Jerusalem for the final time, his third time, and Passion Week will then begin. Today, though, we begin in the 41st chapter, and so as he drew near, so he's leaving Bethpage and Bethany, where he secured this colt. He's now riding into Jerusalem up to the Temple Mount. As he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. And Jesus says, if this day you only knew what makes for peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes, for the days are coming upon you when your enemies will raise a palisade against you. They will encircle you and hem you in on all sides. They will smash you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Well, that lamb with the seven eyes and the seven horns, perfect knowledge, perfect power, sees all things. Jesus, in making this statement, knows what will happen in Jerusalem in 70 AD. Approximately 40 years, approximately 40 years after his death and resurrection, the Roman government does smash Jerusalem to the ground. They destroy the Temple Mount, and soldiers seeking gold that had been inside that mount, that great structure, took pry bars and tore it apart to get to the gold that had melted within the great fire. And so literally no stone was left upon it. So our Lord is saying, this will happen. This is what's going to happen because you don't understand the time of your visitation. You don't understand who I am. You don't understand our Lord's commands. You don't understand that God the Father's commands. You've ventured very far away from them. You've turned the Temple Mount into a place of commerce. You've commingled yourself with the pagan cultures around us. You don't understand. And so perhaps the Lexio Divina thought from today is we take a couple of these passages and we just reflect on them throughout the day. One is our Lord and Savior does have perfect knowledge and perfect power. Nothing happens Nothing happens in our life outside of his control. Nothing happens. There are things that happen that are hard and difficult, and we may not understand the why, but nothing happens outside of our Lord and Savior's control. Nothing. And it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true that when hard things happen, the Lord is trying to punish us somehow. That is not necessarily true. That's a, that's a natural consideration. It's just not true. It's not necessarily true. Sometimes hard things happen because hard things happen that don't have an immediate human explanation. There's terrible storms down south in Honduras and Nicaragua, aren't there? Terrible storms. They don't make much newsprint in the media right now because we have other stuff in the country to distract us. But people are suffering. Whole villages have been washed away. Is God punishing the people of Honduras and Nicaragua? Not necessarily. No. Bad weather pattern and they build homes and villages next to the sea or the rivers because that's where they can make a living. That's what happened. It's not God's punishment. Other th things happen in our life here that are difficult. In our personal lives, in our community lives, they're difficult. Is God punishing us? Not necessarily. Sometimes things do happen 
that we cause that are not good. Oh, I broke my nose in a car accident. Were you wearing your seatbelt? No. Well, God's not trying to say you should wear a seatbelt. We have civil laws to tell us that. It's a silly example, but the idea being hard things happen. They're not necessarily God's punishment. Sometimes hard things happen that is God's way of redirecting and correcting and bringing us back to attentiveness to his commands and his laws and his ways of being. So the reflective thought is that nothing happens outside of our Lord and Savior's control. Another thought can be the prophecies contained within this beautiful book we call Holy Scripture. It's important for us to study this every day because there is the truth, the way, and the life is here. It's in this book. And each day it's important for us both in the sacrifice of the Mass to hear the word proclaimed, but in our own private study to take some time each day to read what our Lord tells us because we can say, rightly so, as humans in our limited human faculty, I don't know what to do. We can turn with confidence to Scripture because our Savior says, I do. We can say, I don't know what to do. And our Lord looks at us and says, dear one, I do. Here's what you should do. And it's captured in the works of Scripture. And then we augment that with the teachings of the church to say, oh, there's some insight. There's some guidance. That's what I should be doing on this day. Or that's how I can approach this complex decision that I face. What should I do? Well, let's reference Scripture. Let's reference the magisterium, the teachings of the church, and understand the path forward that's been laid out for us at this point for 20 centuries in the Christian world and 6,000 years in the Judeo-Christian world. We, we, have a, we have a way and a truth and a life and we need to access that, recognizing as John said so beautifully, it's perfect knowledge and perfect power that breaks open these seals and advances the cause of faith in our life and for all eternity. God bless you.